Right. Sorry Hi. about that. That's okay. Hi, this is Halsey from Mark's show. And today I'm talking to... I'm Jamie from Spirit Archaeology from okay. Michigan. Can you tell me a little bit about yourselves? Can you tell me a little bit? Um, sure. So, we have Spirit Archaeology of Pennsylvania and Spirit Archaeology of Michigan. And um, tonight we are collaborating on an investigation together at the State Theater here in Traverse City. Um, tonight we do have, we have five investigators tonight with... Uh, Actually, six investigators tonight, three from Pennsylvania, three from Michigan. Um, so I'm the co-founder, and Joe is the founder. And pretty much I've been doing this my whole life. I, uh, I, was, born, I was born with the gift of being a medium sensitive. Can you tell me a little bit how about your first paranormal experience? I sure can. So, my brother's mom died in a tragic car accident, and we lived in her house. And this happened around the time I was three. Um, we were going through the house, and my mom was, you know, making me lunch and stuff, and all of the canning jars in the basement went flying off of the basement counter. And me and my mom were the only ones in the house at the time. And my mom my mom just automatically said, oh, Betty, your son's fine. You know, because she knew it was going to be my brother's, my brother's mom. And then, you know, different things would happen. Like the curtains would fly open. My toys would move around. Um, things would come up missing in the house. We could hear whispering all the time you could feel you know you could feel the coldness when she was present i'm just gonna get a tissue because my nose is bleeding <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> all right i'm back again <laughs> okay all right you Um, what do you believe that ghosts are? Well, here's, here's what I believe. Everything in this earth has an energy to it. Trees, furniture, anything has an energy to it. And so when people come into a building, a room, anything, they've already left their energy into this place. And sometimes... When people die tragically without, you know, being able to come to grips with death, then their energies are trapped wherever they were the most comfortable, whether that was work, whether that was home, whether that was, you know, their parents' house. So that's, this is how I, this is how I've always believed it, is it's energy. So their energies are here with us still. Because sometimes they just haven't been able to come to term that, that they died. And sometimes they're here for a reason. Sometimes, you know, they're here to tell us messages. Sometimes they're here to warn us. Sometimes they're just here to give us comfort because we're having a hard time dealing with them being gone. 
And have you ever come across like a demonic or evil presence? I have, yes. Not not a whole lot. Um, actually, two nights ago, I uh, we came across we came across one. We were using a pendulum and asking questions, and we asked it if it was male, and it said no. I said, are you female? No. The pendulum, you know, swung it to say no. And then uh, it started swinging in a circle. And so we were like, okay, well, do you want us to use a spirit box? And it, it kind of got agitated and swung the pendulum really hard for no. But Joe decided that we were going to use the spirit box anyway to see if we could catch anything. And so he used the spirit box, and as he's using the spirit box, it said demon on the spirit box. And uh, as we had the thermal camera running later that night, we caught, you know, the, the red for hot spots and the blue for the cold. But we also caught a black entity on there. Right in the middle of the red and blue, there was a black entity and. And I, I'm really sensitive to spirits. I can sense if they're good or if they're bad, if they have evil intentions. And if they allow themselves to, I can hear them talk to me. And so I, I was trying to communicate and ask it questions and stuff. And I was standing out there. And I rarely get sick from spirits. A lot of people will get uh, queasiness and, and feel sick to their stomach. And I rarely get that. But as I was out there asking questions... And trying, and it was coming close to me. It was probably within inches of me. My stomach got super queasy, and um, Joe caught it on our on our thermal cam that night. It as it approached me, it ran under the table, and I did try to go after it and see if it would talk to me. But I was super sick in my stomach. So, although I don't feel its intentions were evil that night, it was definitely not of not of the spirit nature. It was never in a human form. Now, for people that never don't know about paranormal, can you tell, explain to them how you would set up an investigation? Sure can. So, first what we do is I walk through where we're going to investigate with no equipment, just me. And uh, I can tell what we call hot spots, like where the energies, you know, the best, where I feel that, that we're going to get, you know, be able to communicate with spirits. And I can walk through and tell you, tell you the locations where we're going to be able to set up our equipment later. So I walk through that and do a baseline sweep. And then everybody kind of walks through and gets a feel for the place. And then what we're doing right now is we are setting up our cameras to focus on the hot spots, um, we have two people in the balcony right now with a hot with a camera. We're going to have two people in the basement with our SLS cam. Um, we're going to have one person in the lobby, and that's going to be uh, Bambi doing the pendulum. So that's what we're doing right now is just setting up cameras in our hot spots, um, making sure people have their locations down. We have our walkie-talkies with us in case to communicate with each other. We have our voice recorders so that we may do EVP sessions. Those are electronic voice sessions with the ghosts so that we can try to capture them talking to us. And um, I'm going to be kind of floating tonight. I'm going to be floating between everybody's setups and, you know, 
see if because I can feel them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them where they need to locate to or focus on or you know move to or whatever. And then if we do, if I do sense anything evil, then I can be the first, you know, the, the first point of contact and let everybody know that I want them to relocate or, you know, if it really gets too bad, I want them to, you know, we're going to have to leave the building. Uh, hopefully it'll go good tonight. This is a very old state theater here. So, so that's what we're doing. We're setting up our equipment on all the hot spots right now. And, and, and I imagine um, it's good to have the scientific bit as well as the um, exactly. intuitive bits. Yep. Because we do have to, scientifically, we do, and even logic, you have to use logic because you're in a, you know, you're in a building and let's say, let's say there's something moving. Well, we have to determine whether there's an airflow there, whether the ground is on level there. You know, we have to try to debunk anything that we capture and and make sure that what we're capturing is what we think it is and not, you know, something that that can be explained, you know, by an airflow or gravity or, you know, somebody walked past it and pushed it and we didn't see that person. So we have to go through and actually debunk everything that we capture to make sure that what we're capturing is the real thing. I imagine the worst thing is electricity interference. Oh, yes. If there's too much machines, and this is, this is why we do kind of like a baseline thing, too, to know where, like, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of wiring, there's a lot of, like, machines and stuff set up, or, so if we go through and there's, like, a high EMF reading, the electronic magnetic field readings, then we're going to go, you know, we're going to make sure that we walk through the entire room and make sure that um, that we're getting the reading correct from, you know, from the electronic, you know, from any of the machines and stuff like that. So, you know, we don't want that to we don't want that to interfere with anything that we may be getting. So we have to try to steer clear of of the high EMF, you know, levels, so that we can get a clear and accurate reading. Have you had to ever do any cleansings or um, exorcisms? Not exorcisms, but we have, we do cleanse all the time. I mean, just to come to an investigation, we cleanse ourselves, and we're going to cleanse ourselves again before we leave. But I've had to, we've had to do it for some uh, for some clients as well. So you know, a client will have something in their house that they don't really they don't welcome there, and. It's not, it's not a hard process. It's, you know, I use sage and we just kind of go through and sage, you know, around the windows and around the door and around the edges of their, their build, you know, their, their house or their apartment or whatever they may live in. And then we cleanse them, you know, we just take the, take the sage and kind of just let the smoke go over them. And, uh, we tell the spirit that they're not welcome here, that they're, being asked to leave that this is no longer where they need to be you have to be firm about it and not go back on it because if you tell a spirit to leave and you're firm about it and then like a day later you're like oh well maybe I did want that spirit here it's gonna sense that you are changing your mind and 
probably more than likely come back. Because <laughs> I, I believe I'm correct in saying that the Vatican Church has an exorcism unit and they teach yes. priests. There are priests that uh, still practice exorcisms. They do, yes. You are correct with that. Thankfully, we have never had to have one and uh, have never had the need to get a hold of a Catholic preacher to come to an exorcism for us. I find it strange that though the church technically doesn't believe in ghosts, they won't actually admit it, that they've got an exorcism unit yeah. which gets rid of ghosts. Which is, which is, uh, exactly, yes. Uh, backwards, isn't it? I find it... I find it a little a little odd as well, you know. They have to come and, and witness these people who are... And technically, I mean, if you're doing an exorcism, it's not going to be a ghost. It's not going to be anything that had ever been of this world. And, and maybe that's why they do the exorcisms, is because a demon is what will possess a person enough to have, have an exorcism. And um, demons have never been alive. They have never walked the earth. Because, I mean, most that people, when they, they they think of exorcism, they obviously think of the, the uh, horror film, The Exorcist, which is actually right. based, <laughs> on, based on a true story. It is based on a true story, yes. Yes. I don't think that, um, I don't think that it's quite as extreme as they make it out to be. I think that um, when a person is, and this is just my belief because I've, I, I've seen things attached to people before. And yes, their mood changes, their temperament kind of changes. I, I've never seen the extreme that they show, you know, like the whole head spinning and spewing out vomit and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that that can't ever happen or would never happen. I've just, I've never witnessed that. I've just witnessed the temperament uh, changing and the, the person not being being the same person that they, you know, you can clearly look at the person and be like, well, that's not how that person's ever acted before in their life, you know? Yeah, it's, it's strange. I've, uh, when I've talked to a lot of other paranormal groups, they say that if you are a good person in life or a bad person in life, you'll be the same as you part when you pass on. Right, right. I believe that too. I believe that if you were a mass murderer here on Earth, your temperament is not going to change when you die. I just, I, I believe that, you know, they're going to be who they are. And that's going to be, you know, that's that's why we run across all of these that are, that do have some, some anger, you know, angry spirits and evil. They're not really, it's not even evil. It's just they're, they get angry, they're irritated, they're um, mischievous. They can be, so if, you know, if there was one here on Earth that was killing a bunch of people, then, you know, they're going to obviously probably be angry with us and, and try to you know, push us away and probably throw things and stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I couldn't blame them for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, uh, do you believe that, like people like me who I, I was in a I'll tell you a little bit about the story why I got into paranormal I was in a coma some years ago 
uh, roughly uh-huh. for three weeks. And whilst I was in the coma, oh, I, wow. heard, I heard a woman's voice I've not heard before or since that told me to wake up. I had the most overwhelming feeling to wake up. Now, I seriously believe oh. it is my guardian angel or spirit guide. I mean, I know uh-huh. that the scientific view could have been, oh, it could have been someone you heard before you woke up, or a trick of the brain, but my serious, that that's one of the main reasons I got into paranormal, for that reason. That is, I mean, that's, that's awesome. That is so, I, I believe that it's somebody that was looking out for you, like, um, you know, a, a deceased relative, maybe, or, you know, because I've had, my mother died, oh, 10 years ago, and sometimes I can hear her, you know, if, if I'm going to walk into a situation that's not so good for me or something, and, and not quite as extreme as yours, but sometimes I can I can hear my mom's voice, and, the, and I can hear it as clear as day. Like, I look around, like, did everybody hear that, you know? So... That was probably somebody that was, you know, looking out for you. And it it may be a spirit guide, but it may just also be your guardian angel. You know, that was that was amazing. That was awesome. And I've also, as I keep, uh, I've also said to people that I've, um, whilst I was in the coma, I was neither in the real world or the other world. I've come across a lot of people right. that said the same thing, experienced the same kind of feeling. I don't know if that's quite uh-huh. common with other people that you may have talked to about in the same kind of situation. Yeah, because when you're in when you're in that kind of just when your body's in that kind of distress and stuff like that, you obviously can't control. You know, you're in a coma. You can't you can't you know be coherent and stuff, and you can't like be responsible for anything. So. You definitely, it's definitely a spirit of sorts, you know, a guardian angel or a spirit guide or the combination of the both watching out for you. And I've talked to several people that have actually either saw their parents or, you know, some kind of relative and as, you know, they told them like things like I, I had one lady tell me that she said that her, uh, her great grandma told her, you know, you're not supposed to be here. You have to leave. And that's what broke, what, what woke her up and brought her out of it. Well, you also think we're being uh, the spirit of my wife's ex uh, departed dog is with us as well. Oh. Be- uh, because um, one of the main reasons I believe that, whilst I was talking to a, a medium on and psychic intuitive on Whispers of Guidance, which is a... a good group to people to go to if they want to meet, do mediumship on Facebook. I talked right. to a lady called Evelyn Bride. I think I've got her last name right. Okay. I just, I don't. Anyway, whilst I was talking to her, she had our dog coming through to her. Whilst I, was, I mean, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't say anything. I thought, I'll keep it quiet. I won't say, give away right. too many, too many, too much information. So, I haven't fed her yep. or, or anything, and she was very accurate. Wow, that's that's interesting. I've never, I mean, I've heard of a dog coming, like, coming to talk, to, you know, 
being around a person that, you know, it's been their dog. It was their dog for, like, years and years. Never heard of an ex's dog coming, so that's very, very cool and peculiar. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever heard it, seen it, felt it? Not myself, but I think my wife has. I think because they were very close. Okay. She had him from six weeks old, and he died when he was oh, about 15 okay. years old. So he, she, he was very much part of her life. Of her life, right. Yeah. I gotcha. Yep, that makes more sense now. That makes more sense. Um, yeah, that's that's super cool, and he could just be there to still protect her, too. You know, if you had a dog for that long, then it's really, it's super hard for dogs to, like, leave even when they're, when they're not around anymore because they still have that protective need. So... He's probably going to be here until he feels that he can leave her unprotected. And also, animals, have, I believe, are more sensitive than humans to um, yeah. ghosts and spirits. Yeah. Do you find that yourself? I do, yeah. If, uh, if somebody, you know, we go to a client's house and they tell me that their dog won't go into a certain room or it barks at a certain room or it, you know, barks at this or that, I'm... I'm going right to that spot where the dog was, you know, barking because they they can hear things way high pitched than we can. So they can probably actually hear spirits talking to them and moving around way better than we can. Hmm. So I'm I'm very you know, I'm a firm believer that animals are super sensitive to that. Do you think that the when we was um cavemen and things like that uh, we our minds were more open, and we were more susceptible I, to spirits and understanding it, spirits. I do, I do, and I also believe that if you were raised certain ways, like from the time from the time we're born until we're five years old, our mind is a sponge. We have all the information in the world right there, already in our in our brains, and it just has to be released, like. A two-year-old is probably the smartest person in the world. They just don't know how to express it. So if from birth you raised your child to be open to all of their senses, to be open to psychic abilities and telepathic abilities and the ability to talk to spirits and see spirits, then they're going to be better. I mean, they're going to be more susceptible to that kind of thing because their their brain wasn't shut off from the time that they were children. Like a lot of, you know, just society nowadays, we're taught our five senses. That's it. So from, you know, from birth on, these this other group of kids is just taught their five senses. They're not ever taught, you know, that it's okay if you see spirits and talk to them. It's okay if, you know, you, you're curious in that. They don't, they're never taught that, so... When they become interested in it as adults, they kind of have to retrain their brain to start, you know, to open up those other senses that they were born with. Well, it's it's ironic that, um, that the American government and the British government and the Russian government looked into psychic abilities during the 60s and the 70s. Hmm. And is that when they started using them as uh, uh, to help with police cases and stuff like that? Yeah, that's it. It's right. it, 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 if you look it up, it's well known that they that they did look into people like uh, yeah. obviously it, people have heard of Yuri Geller and that he was um, 
used by the CIA. Um, right, and I can see. I mean, I can see why the government would want to do it. I don't know why at that time that they chose to be like, okay, and we're okay with it now. But I mean, I can definitely see why they'd use one for like murders, unsolved murders, and missing children and stuff like that because, you know, they're more mediums and psychics and stuff are way more in tune to being able to pick up stuff that the normal person, you know, probably can't see, can't feel, can't hear, and give out, you know, better details and more information. Do you think we are less talking about death now? Because obviously, I mean, in Britain, during the Victorian times, it didn't, you could, death was like embraced. Uh-huh. But now, now I think it, I mean, unless you're into paranormal or watch paranormal shows, I think it's a hidden, a hidden subject. I do too. I, I do too. I really do. I think that, I think that a lot of people are like, oh, we can't tell our child that somebody has died because it's going to upset them and, and disrupt them and, and make them have to have counseling and stuff and I don't think that's I don't think that should be the case I think that I think that everybody should learn coping skills it is hard to lose when you're alive and you lose somebody that's close to you it's it's hard on the human um and I think with everybody shutting it out like it's you know hush hush now don't talk about death and it won't happen maybe I think that they're they're really hindering the next generation of of kids that are coming up because you know if they can't learn to deal with death from an early age, but it's going to be it, devastating when they're older. Yes, I mean also I think it all depends how you can let go of the person because um, last year I lost my mum, but we were talking mm-hmm. quite constantly on the phone before she went in the hospital mm-hmm. and obviously unfortunately died. But I, I'm glad we had that close contact before we left. I think if you lose, if you fall out with someone, and then they leave, I think mm. then it makes you feel more guilty. Exactly. Yeah. My um. Yeah, when my mom died, I was. I I wasn't close to my mom as a child because I was a daddy's girl, and my dad died unfortunately when I was 14, and then it threw me you know, into my mom's life full time and it, it made me super angry and I as I got older and she got older I started realizing I need to I need to come to grips with this and I need to make peace with my mom. And uh thankfully I did because my mom my mom had a heart attack and it wasn't like something that was ever expected. But yeah, for sure if if you're not you don't come to terms with your loved ones and you know, tell them that you love them and that, you know, you forgive them or they ask them to forgive you or whatever the case may be then yeah that guilt is with it but I mean as far as as far as letting go don't don't ever let your your loved ones go even if they're dead you don't have to you have their memories you have their you know yeah as long as you've got them in your head and talk about them they're still technically alive Uh especially when you look at an old photo you can look at an old photo and say oh that was my dad he was Oh, that was back when we was watching this, or that kind yeah. of yeah, yeah. You have all those, you know, make memories because that's what you're gonna have when your loved ones are dead, and and that's what keeps me going is like 
something will happen or, you know, my, my daughter will act a certain way and I'll be like, oh my gosh, you act just like your grandma or, you know, things like that. Just, just keep them alive in, in your, in your life forever. Because I think it, was it the native Indians that didn't like to have their image taken because they thought about it to take away their spirit? I'm not too yes. sure if I'm not correct on that. You are correct, yeah. They also, when they die, when Native Americans die, they have a fire for three days that helps lead their dead back home. I know in There's... Mexico they have the Day of the Dead, is that correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I think is a fantastic thing. I've seen, actually, they, they actually dig up their relatives and let them have joined the party. I think. Oh. I think. <laughs> I've seen pictures of Nick with proper skeletons. I may be wrong. No, no. I, I, this is this is something I, I I'm gonna have to look into now because it sounds really that sounds super interesting. <laughs> yeah, as, and uh, uh, as I say, I always say to people, look at oh, oh unfortunately I don't like advertising, oh, yeah. but look on our friend Google because that's the best way to find things out. Unfortunately. <laughs> No, all the uh, all the different um, traditions and rituals that the different um, cultures and, and stuff do really fascinate me because, you know, at, at one point here in the United States, we didn't just take our dad and bury them right away. We actually would take our dad and stage them in our living rooms for up to a week on ice and stuff and let the people come and come to grips with the dead being gone. Instead of just one minute they're here, the next minute they're gone, they would stage them, you know, to have, allow, allow everybody to come and, and slowly let go of, their, of the dead instead of just, you know, a, a tragic one-day thing. It's an interesting concept. But yeah. it, I always find it strange that um, how burial came about. I, I I mean, most people say that it was because, oh, the um, early man had to find a way of getting, get um, disposing of the body to, I suppose, to stop meat and all that. But burial, I, I always some think, of the burial processes are actually for us, for the humans, mm. for the the people that are still alive. It's not always actually for the dad. It's it's because. We would feel guilty if we just let, you know, Uncle Bob rot in the backyard or, you know, our dog Spud rot in the backyard. So for us to feel more comfortable with death, we bury our loved ones in a wooden box in the ground. I don't know how that makes people feel more comfortable, but it, it, that's how a lot of it came to be is, is that it made the living feel more comfortable to put their loved one in a nicely lined box and then put them in the ground. I always find it strange how a lot of paranormal and, and religion and stuff relates to numerology. <laughs> you think about it. You've got the Holy Trinity, which is three numbers. You bury your coffin six by six. That's two numbers. Okay. So there is no more okay, you know. Okay, fine. We're going to have to cut this, this podcast off at this point. We're going to get ready to roll live on Facebook and stuff with our investigation. Okay, would you quickly like to mention any links so that people can 
find you? Um, you can find, we're going to be broadcasting live from Spirit Archaeology of Michigan's Facebook and Spirit Archaeology of Pennsylvania. I'm sorry, what? I'd like to thank you for doing this for me. I thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. There's no problem. I should try to watch your bit of live stuff as well. All right. Thank you. Have a great night. I will do. Okay.